0: Number four, Romans chapter number four. I was going to title my message tonight "Adult Diapers, Baby Diapers, and the Word of God." Thought that would be a catchy little title, but I didn't go with it. I went with "Old Age, Childbirth, and the Word of God." We could have said "Geritol Diapers and the Word of God." I had lots of different options there, but I thought we would just stick with old age, childbirth, and the Word of God. We've been talking about what Paul has been talking about in Romans. He's been talking about Abraham. So I think you know where we're going tonight when we're talking about old age, childbirth, and the Word of God. Does anyone need an outline for tonight? If you need an outline, they're in the back or in the side room, and we'll get going tonight. We look at Romans 4. Verse number 18, who against hope believed in hope. That's talking about Abraham here. Who against hope believed in hope. That's that's quite the wording right there. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it is not written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him raised Jesus from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Father, I pray that you bless the next few minutes that we have tonight. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the truths that are found here. And I pray that you'd help us tonight. As we look at this passage of Scripture and help it help us in this area of faith tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We've seen over the past couple of weeks, we've seen the progression. Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. That's what the Scripture tells us. And as we look at this, it's just, the story's progressed about Abraham. And as it has, I'm amazed at, the, at Abraham's love for God and the faith that he had in the Lord. And yes, it wasn't perfect Yes, he had a lot of flaws, but I'm amazed at Abraham. It's no wonder that Paul uses Abraham, not just because he would have been well known to the Jews, or those that were those Jews in Rome. It would have been well known, this passage, what he did should be known by all Christians. Because it's quite a statement as we look at it. The last few verses of chapter number 4 teach us the truth that we cannot depend on keeping the law to save us. We cannot depend on our good works to save us. We cannot depend on any external to save the soul. Paul's point is, as it's been throughout the chapter, and as he closes it out here, is that salvation is produced purely by faith. In an effort to show how faith works, Paul's going to recall one of the greatest miracles in all the Bible. And yes, the parting of the Red Sea and the children of Israel crossing on dry ground, that's a great miracle. Jesus raising someone from the dead, that's a great miracle. But we look at another one of these great miracles in the Bible, and what Paul is referring to, if you haven't figured it out yet, it's the birth of Isaac. What makes Isaac's birth so special? Are you ready? His dad was a 100 years old. His mother was 90 years old when she gave birth. That's pretty crazy. The Guinness Book of World Records tells us the oldest mother on record is a Ruth Alice Kistler. And she gave birth to a daughter at the spry age of 58 years old. There's one report of a woman by the name of Ellen Ellis who was said to be 72 years old in the year 1776 when her child was born. But even the 72-year-old seemed young compared to the 90-year-old Sarah and the 100-year-old Abraham. And I know you'd say, well, maybe they counted years differently. No. Abraham was 100 Sarah was 90. You say, how did it work? I don't know. I would imagine it works like all the other ones work. 90 and 100. God made a promise. And as we look at this passage tonight, Paul, throughout this chapter, has been making the appeal to the faith of Abraham to prove that men are saved by faith. Now, he's going to tell us the type of faith that Abraham had, which we see before our eyes here tonight. It was the faith in the promise that God would give Abraham a child and that that child would be. It was simply faith in what God said. That's what it comes down to. It came down to faith in God that brought salvation to Abraham, which is the same way it works for you and me. The Bible says that none of us are righteous. The Bible says there's a penalty for sin. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came, died on the cross, rose again, went back to heaven, and in his death, he made us free. And whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Faith is saying that's what the book says. That's what I believe. That's faith. Abraham had to have faith in what God told him. Faith is what saves. We've mentioned it before. Faith is not our own. We're dead. Faith is a gift that God gave us with grace. And so for a little bit of time tonight, I want to talk about Geritol, diapers, and the Word of God. Just kidding. Old age, childbirth, and the Word of God. Number one tonight, Abraham's faith was well-placed. Abraham put his faith in the right place. It was well placed. As we look at this passage of Scripture tonight, we see letter A, the direction of his faith. Letter A, the direction of his faith. In verse number 20, the Scripture tells us, He staggered not at the promises of God. What He staggered not. What does that mean right there? He believed without reservation. He did not waver in it. He believed that God could do what God said he would do. That's what Abraham did. He just believed God. Now as we look at this and when we think about this, what was the promise? And we could go back to Genesis chapter number 12. There's lots of passages of scripture. And uh, let's go back to chapter number 12 for a minute. Take your Bibles there and flip back there. One person slipping in their Bible there. That's good. Genesis chapter number 12, verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Go to chapter 13. Verse number 14, God renews his covenant with Abraham. And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, lift up thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee, I will give it unto thy seed forever. Now make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Go to chapter number 15. God keeps talking about these things. Chapter 15 and verse number 2. And and Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that cometh forth out of thine own bow shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord as an old, old man. God, I've already got this kid in the family. Just let him be my seed. God says, no, you're going to give birth. You're, well, you're, Abraham's not going to. You get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, talk about crazy. We'll just say this. I, I, did a, I did a men's meeting yesterday, and we were talking about husbands and wives and how the Bible talks about how husbands are to love their wives, and it talks about how the wife's the weaker vessel. The Bible says that, not me. I said, that's talking about certain things. I said, my wife, when it comes to childbirth, she's not a weaker vessel. Because if men had babies, it would be one and done, never again. And ladies are just dumb. I mean, I don't know. No, they just, I don't know how you say it, but I. I, after the first one, I was done. And then she said, don't you remember all the pain and suffering? No. She remembered it when she got to the hospital with the second one. But anyways, we'll leave all that there. But we look here, and God told Abraham, "Your seed is going to be from you and your wife Sarah." We go to chapter number seventeen of Genesis here, and we look down at verse number fifteen. And God said unto Abram, "As for thy, as for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt call her name not, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her." Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nation, kings of people shall be of her. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, O that Ishmael might live before thee, and look what the Bible says here in God. And God says, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation." But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. you know what the name Isaac means? Laughter. I think that's pretty funny. He got the name laughter because his dad laughed when God said he was going to be born when he was 100 years old. He said, well, if Abraham laughed... That means he didn't believe God. No, that's not true. He did believe it. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> it's not one of those mocking God. It's one of those, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do this. But you said it. That's the type of laugh we're talking about here. When you look at these verses and take them as a whole, they teach a powerful, incredible truth. God promised a child Isaac was that child. Abraham directed his faith towards God even when it seemed that the promise was totally impossible. Abraham believed that God was able to do anything. That's the bottom line right here. It boils down to, what it comes down to is this, whether or not you believe God. Whether or not you believe that Jesus did what he said he did. That's what faith boils down to. And whether it's in salvation, whether it's faith in another area in your life, I don't care. What it is this evening the result of your faith will always be determined in the direction of your faith. Faith that is placed in God is faith that will always be rewarded. We see the direction of faith letter B, we see the duration of his faith. The duration this was not made one day, and then the next day, Isaac came along. Abram was 75 years old when God said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to give you a child. He was 75. When, how old was he when Isaac came along? A hundred. Twenty-five years of waiting on the promise of God. Chapter 17 that we just read here a Abraham was 99 at this time. It took 24 years for God to even give him the name of what his child was going to be. Can you imagine God saying he's going to do something and then waiting 24 years for an answer? That's how long this was. You know, to us, it's five chapters in the Bible. It's a lot more than five. It's 24 years of his life. That could be one, you know, for he lived to be 100 and something. That was 20-plus percent of his life, he waited on God for an answer to this situation. It must have looked, the older he got, it must have looked more and more impossible. At 75, it would have been really hard. At 80, Lord, any time now. 85? 90? 95, Lord? 99? Hey, Abram, I haven't forgotten about you. You're going to have a son this time next year (laughs) i'm going to be a hundred and i'm going to have a son think about that one there the bible tells us that abraham believed god and what that word the tense in which it comes in the greek gives us the idea that he kept on believing and kept on believing till the promise was fulfilled that's powerful when you stop to think about it you're going to have a son it's impossible hey with god nothing's impossible god can do anything and abraham believed in that let me just encourage some of you this evening who've been waiting on the lord to move in your life he doesn't move when you want him to move you're like duh i've been waiting a long time abraham waited a long time But may I just remind you tonight, church, God's promises are true. What he says is true. And though you might be waiting tonight, and you've been waiting for a while, God never answers early, and he never answers late. He always answers right on time. It was the right time for Abraham and Sarah to have Isaac. Now, they, had to, they probably had their own, they're teaching their son how to walk in his little walker, and they had their walker. Imagine that. You know, we read the passage, and I just put pictures in my mind, but imagine Abraham taking Isaac up to Mount Moriah. I have a hard time climbing up hills. Abraham's 120 years old. Isaac probably had to carry his own dad up to lay the sacrifice on him, when you think about it. But when we look at this, the duration, it was a long time. And if God, you think about this, God is faithful. God will not break a promise. People might, but the Lord will not. And just trust him. And Abraham, yes, he was getting older and older and older. But he believed God that God could do what he said he would do. And then we see, let letter see, we see the determination of Abraham's faith. The determination of his faith. There are three truths that are revealed from verse 18 through 20 about the faith of Abraham. And it's a help to us tonight that I want you to see. The first thought is this. The first truth is he refused to listen to reason. Did you notice what verse 18 says? It says, and I'm in Genesis, that doesn't look like Romans to me. Let me go back to Romans here. In Romans chapter 4, verse number 18, what did Abraham do? He hoped... He, who, hope, who against hope believed in hope. Against hope, he believed in hope. Abraham had to have his eyes on one greater than himself. Because if he looked in the mirror, human reasoning would say, no, there's no child coming from me at this age. But the Bible says he hoped against hope. If his eyes were on circumstances, he would have had every reason to think there's no way possible that this could ever happen. He would have said, I'm just too old. Sarah's all shriveled up like a prune. She's just too old. We've tried to have a baby since we were both young. Why should it work now? It's physically impossible. Apparently, Abraham refused to live in the negative god gave him a promise and that was good enough for him he hoped against hope this does not look possible but my god said it is and i'm just going to trust him my god promised it and i'm just going to trust him hey christian that's what we need in 2021 We just need some Christians that will look at the Word of God and take it at face value and say, if God says in His Word, then I'm just going to trust Him. I don't care what people outside think. I don't care how bad this world gets. I don't care what goes on around me. I'm just going to trust God because His Word says so. He refused to listen to reason. Number two, He refused to look at reality. Look at verse number 19, it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Abraham refused to look at the situation. His eyes were on God's promises. That's what we got to do today. This is what we do we look, let's take a promise from the Word of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. The Bible doesn't say that everything that happens in life is good. The Bible says those that love God and are called according to His purpose, all things work together for good. So you're going to go through bad. If you focus on the bad, it's not going to help you out. You have to focus on the promise of what he said. He said, all things work together for good. Well, how does my back for 35 years work together for good? You got an answer to that one, Russ? You don't have an answer. But he made a promise, which means his promise is true. Which how is it? I don't know. I can't figure it out. But that's what happens, we focus on what's going on. No, he made a promise. And when God makes a promise, he always comes through on his promises. Can you imagine what it would have been like being, 90, 80, being 89 and 99 years old? And think about, think about 25 years of time that this promise took. A guy wrote in his book, um, Ray Pritchard, about a possible... Chronological, what happened in those 25 years between the promise that God made and when the promise came true? At age 76, Abraham buys a crib. At age 78, he makes a list of possible names for his son. At age 80, he orders a supply of pampers. At 85 years old, he goes hunting while Sarah's friends are giving her a baby shower. At 86 years old, Abraham is putting wallpaper in the baby's room. At 90 years old, he subscribes to New Parent Magazine. At 93 years old, he and Sarah start going to their breathing classes. At 96 years old, they take a drive to the hospital for a practice run to see how it's going to go. By the time Abraham's 98 years old, they have the bag packed by the door, ready to go to the hospital. And by the time he's 99, he scratches his head and says, I wonder if God was just kidding. But God wasn't. He didn't. Now, you think about this. We look at Abraham's faith. Did he doubt God? Sure, he did. We all do. Abraham was not a super Christian, okay? There are no such things as super Christians. There's one super Christian. His name was Jesus, the only super Christian. Abraham was human just like you and me. Sure, he doubted. Sure, Sarah doubted. Abraham, as I mentioned, he laughed when he heard. What, what, was the laugh more of a chuckle like that, or was it? <laughs> I, I just don't see it happening. I don't know. Maybe by the time he's 100 and she's 90, they thought this could be just a cruel joke that someone was playing on two old people to make them look stupid. I'm sure he doubted. But he acted on his belief. Doesn't that make sense? Faith is not a hundred percent certainty. What faith is, faith is mixed, is, faith is belief mixed with unbelief. But action is taken on the belief. That's what faith is. Have you seen Jesus? No, you haven't. I, well, maybe some of you would say, I saw him in a cloud, or I don't know, some people have seen him. Some lady several years ago saw him in a tortilla. Yeah, the tortilla burnt a certain way on the stove, and she's, she had people coming to her house looking at the tortilla, literally. You go online, type in the lady with the Jesus tortilla, and you'll see it. I'm, there's no joke right there. She had people lining up to come see this tortilla that burned, like, and had the, it looked like Jesus to her. And people would come and look. People need help. A lot of help. Man, the tortilla Jesus. Anyways, have you ever doubted? Come on, let's be honest tonight, church. I want, by a raise of hands, if you've ever doubted your salvation ever just once, would you raise your hand? My hand's up. And if your hand's not up, you're a liar tonight, and you need to get, go to an altar after church to get right with God. We all doubt from time to time. Faith, you don't know. If faith was, it's for sure going to work out 100%. That's not faith. Faith means I'm not quite sure. But what faith is, I might not know everything but I'm going to act on what I believe. That's what faith is. Don't ever lose sight of that. Abraham had his doubts, but you got to understand, if we allow doubts to win in our life, that's not faith. When we trust in God's word despite our doubts, and we act on God's word, that's what faith is. Abraham was a man who believed God and doubted at the same time, but he acted in faith and did what God said. When we think about that, how was his faith revealed? His name was changed. Look with me. What was his name changed from? Abram, which means exalted father. When he received the promise from God, his name was changed to Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. Many probably thought he was just a silly old man, but God saw his faith. Do you think Noah ever doubted? He did. Why are you building a boat? It's going to rain. What's rain? I don't know. God says water falling from the sky. It had never rained before that time. Hey, why are you building a boat, Noah? There's no lake. That's a big boat. There's going to be a bunch of animals, my family... Getting on this boat. Why? There's going to be a flood. A hundred years. Right? Took a long time. I'm sure he woke up some days and said, I don't know if this is going to happen. It looks awful sunny to me. I don't even know what water falling from the sky looks like. But he didn't stop building the boat. That's faith. We will doubt. There will be doubts, but faith is not acting on the doubts. Faith is acting in what we believe in and following, doing what God's called us to do. He refused to look at the reality. Letter C, or number three there. He refused to lose the reward. Verse 20 tells us, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham lived 25 years with the knowledge that one day God would give him and Sarah a child. He knew it, and he wouldn't let go of that truth. He obtained that promise because he responded to God's promise with an attitude of faith. Church, I've mentioned it before. Nothing, there is nothing we can do to please God. Let that just sink in for a second. There's only one thing that pleases God. There is nothing in us that we can please God by doing. Bible says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What pleases God? Us believing him. Even when we doubt, just believe in God, you said it. I believe it. You want to please God tonight? Believe Him. Put your faith in Him. That's how you please God. He refused to lose the reward. What does the Bible say in Romans chapter 14, verse number 23? And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Very powerful when you look at that verse and you study those things out. After these lessons, simply just take God at his word and hold on. Number one, we see that Abraham's faith was well placed. Number two... We see that Abraham's faith was well pleased. It was well pleased. I can't believe it's already 7 o'clock. I got carried away on point number 1. We need to get through this though, so we're going to hurry up here. All right. Point number 1 was my main point anyways. Look at verse 21 and 22. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Think about this, in the beginning of verse number um, 21, we see that Abraham letter A was pleased with God's promise. He was pleased with God's promises. His faith was pleased with the promise of God because he knew that they were as God. they were as good as the God who made them. What I see is a man who didn't look for a reason to doubt God. He simply took god at his word and praised him for answering it though he didn't see it yet that's the faith that pleases the lord that's why the bible tells us to trust in the lord with all our heart and lean not into our own understanding he was pleased with god's promise letter b was pleased with god's performance he knew that what god had promised to do god was able to do He simply took the Lord at his word and knew that if God said it would be, then God would see to it. That's why Abraham took Isaac up to Mount Moriah. Because God said you would have seed and that Isaac would be that son. And then God tells him, You take your only son, take him up to Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. This is the son he waited 100 years for. 25 years, this is the son God promised. And God said, this is going to be the son that gives that's your seed. So what did Abraham do? He goes up on Mount Moriah, lays his son on the altar, and he picks up the knife to kill his son. Say, why? Because he knew that God said that this son would be the one who carried his family. So if God said it, God was going to make a way for Isaac to live, even though God just told him to kill his son. That's powerful when he stopped to think about it. He believed God. He had faith in him. He was pleased with God's performance. Think about this in verse 22. He was pleased with God's plan. What was God's plan? God took the faith of this old man and credited his account in heaven with righteousness. In other words, get this, God saved Abraham because he believed the word of God. That's how salvation works. Your name getting written in the book of life, us getting imputed righteousness happens because we believe God's word. That's it. Abraham's faith was well-placed. It was well-pleased. And lastly, Abraham's faith was well-preserved. Well-preserved. Verse 23, it says, Now it was not written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him. But look at this, look at verse 24 there. But also, but for us also, To whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. We see Abraham's faith was well preserved. How? Letter A. It was preserved as a promise. We're told that this promise was not just to impute righteousness to Abraham, but to everyone who exercised faith like Abraham. Not just any faith, but saving faith in Jesus Christ. That's what we see before us. It's a lesson about salvation. Abraham acted on the light he received and was declared righteous by God. He was saved by faith just the same way we are saved today. You see... The difference is the object of our saving faith is different than that of Abraham's. Salvation's always been by grace through faith. But Abraham took God at his word concerning the birth of Isaac, the future multitudes, and that every family on the earth would be blessed, and God accepted his faith. That was Abraham's faith. That's where it all began. He had his faith in God that he could do what he said he would do. And we're to put our faith in God. That what this book says is true. And that we are not good enough to get to heaven on our own. There had to be Jesus. Do you see what I mean? Preserved by a promise. And letter B, we're preserved as a person. The promise boils down to one person. Jesus Christ. He is the central focus of every promise that has ever been given. Do you know, it was not Abraham and who all families of the earth would be blessed. It was through Jesus, through Abraham's line. It was Jesus. So he's the one through whom all nations of the world would be blessed. He's the one who died on the cross. He's the one who rose from the dead. He's the one who paid our sin debt and rose from the dead to be our savior. He's the focus of our faith. He, if he's not then your faith is meaningless and dead. Our faith stands on two great pillars, and I close with this. That Jesus died for our sins, and he rose again from the dead. That's the pillars of our faith. That's what it boils down to. What do we try to tell people about? That Jesus died for our sins, and that he rose again. What's so special about this week? He died for our sins, and he rose again again you put your faith in that and you've got a home in heaven believe him nothing we can do can get us to heaven the best we could give god is not enough paul says we think of abraham a good guy but he was saved by his faith the only way a person comes to god is through faith in jesus christ There is no other way. I love the book of Romans.